see that? Biden walking over, signing his COVID-19 response executive orders. Joe, it's not that hard. You got all the vaccines from Donald Trump. Just figure out how to get them out faster and talk to your Democratic liberal governor friends and tell them to to now uh, organize who it's going to and quickly and do it expeditiously and prioritize health workers, the elderly, those with pre-existing conditions, neighborhoods, neighborhoods hit particularly hard. It's not that hard. Man, I you know, before I get to a lot of issues, New York is just a mess. Yesterday, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo literally said that if Biden doesn't give $15 billion to New York, by the way, that'll be coming from red states that actually elect politicians that are fiscally responsible and and don't raid the pension funds. Anyway, that he's going to raise tax 15 percent for New York and New York City. Tax the rich, tax the rich, tax yeah. the rich. We what did. This? Now, we did. God forbid the rich leave. Come on, okay. man. Come on, man. He's going to tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich even more. Well, the rich pretty much is anybody that makes money. You're taxed for everything in New York. Um, what is that? Does he not? Has he not figured out being number one in terms of people leaving the state is a, a wee bit of a problem. Now, I know they're talking about, all right, well, we'll start selling. We're getting the marijuana business. We're already in the gambling business, but we'll expand that too. We'll allow online betting and sports betting and this, whatever. They're, they're doing that as well. Something I think New Jersey did. Something I don't participate in. Anyway, um, now he's saying today he's got a $193 billion budget plan and saying that New York State's employment is not going to reach pre-pandemic peak until 2025. Wow. Now, that probably means 2030. Just I'm, I'm, My interpretation now of years of reading government speak, just lowering the bar so low that, you know, oh, if we get better by 2028, we'll be happy. Anyway, it's uh, slow. Uh, 12.2% below pre-pandemic employment. Well, they shut the city down. And what's happened is, is restaurants are shut down. You can't even eat inside in a restaurant in New York. It's just, just like California, Newsom, same thing. Well, they already tax people. He's going to be number one, the most taxed state in the country. And and 15 billion, is Joe going to do it? If not, Joe's going to get sued by Andrew Cuomo. This ought to get interesting. Anyway, uh, a lot of news to get to today. I thought that we're going to see an end to the, there's going to be peace and prosperity. Um, By the way, Cuomo apparently ditched the inaugural to defend uh, Albany from massive pro-Trump protests. Problem was only one person showed up protesting. One. Anyway, there's so many predictions. There's going to be an explosion of right-wing violence on Inauguration Day, it never happened. There was no explosion. But there was, uh, let's see, uh, Antifa, apparently, according to some reports, and we haven't confirmed that, but leftists, let's put it that way, once again, they're back at it in Denver, Portland, and Seattle. Media predictions, oh, it's going to be Trump supporters, you know, violence. Well, because they want to run with their narrative that the vast majority of people that went to Washington for the rally on January 6th 
were were insurrectionist, incited by President Trump that said, well, you will, many of you will now peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol to let your voices be heard. And of course, we discovered after the snap impeachment, yeah, the problem is that, um, yeah, only a, a tiny percentage of people from the rally actually involved themselves in this, which was dumb. But there were people that we now know there were warnings and we had uh, we had intelligence that showed that people were planning and plotting and scheming and they didn't do anything. And all the requests for reinforcements, National Guard, et cetera, that you'd normally have when hundreds of thousands of people that you know in advance are coming to Washington, D.C. They didn't do a single thing, which is unbelievable. Anyway, now we were watching last night they have leftist pro- protesters. What are they protesting now? Anyway, in the streets of uh, West Coast cities, Seattle property damage, hurled objects at cars, protesters demonstrating against Biden, law enforcement, and ICE. He just opened the borders and gave an invitation from the world, and there's no more vetting of people that come from countries with radical, radical ties. And I doubt there's going to be any mask mandate and social distancing or COVID testing of anybody that crosses the border illegally which they're now encouraging. Anyway, a bunch of people arrested in Portland and elsewhere, charged with rioting, possession of d- destructive devices, and reckless burden. Oh, I didn't hear any of that in any of the mob's fawning coverage of all things Biden yesterday. Um, very predictable, isn't it? Anyway, so let's, um, you know, I want to go to this one issue, and I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Um, talk to a lot of people, especially constitutional lawyers, uh, overwhelming consensus uh, about this latest shift show. Um, my sources in Washington say it's dead on arrival. Democrats know it's dead on arrival. This impeachment trial, witch hunt, the latest one against Donald Trump. Uh, but with that said, it's still going to be sent over at some point from the House. And I'm getting a pretty good idea of where this is headed. And that is Republicans are, are are, are going to at least in this instance listen to the Constitution because the Constitution is clear. And there's a great piece written, I, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Western Journal, no, it was Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal, um, by Alan Dershowitz. No, you can't try and impeach former president. And that the Senate erroneously asserted jurisdiction once, but dissenting members forced an acquittal. And he said, now that Donald Trump is a private citizen, because this is a constitutional issue that has to be dealt with. And by the way, defense number one is the Constitution. Defense number two is really, let's look at the insurrectionist language of the left, because you're not applying the same standards to all of you that never opened your mouth when Pelosi and Schumer and Kamala, Joe and and the squad and others said these outrageous and reckless and dangerous things never opened them out. Donald Trump never said that. So the actual evidence will will also lead to acquittal. But anyway, the Senate is going to have to dismiss it. My my sources on the ground saying Republicans want no part of it. They see the constitutional issues in play. They also see the the logic arguments involved, the duplicity and hypocrisy of it all. And the Constitution says the president shall be removed from office on impeachment and conviction. 
not by the expiration of his term before the impeachment process is completed. Also mandates that judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal and disqualification, not or disqualification. This is key. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further to removal and disqualification, not or disqualification. In other words, it's not an option there. When the Constitution, and Dershowitz is right, Levin is right, it's his wheelhouse, all these other you know, former judges that have spoken out about this, the case couldn't be any more clear. If you look at our Constitution, states are allowed in impeachment. Several states allowed the impeachment of former officials. The framers could have easily included that provision. This is a historical fact. They did not. They explicitly chose to prohibit what was a practice in Great Britain of trial by legislature, accepting only impeachment, a bill of a, a, a tainter, and any punitive legislative act against such a person. The courts have held, as legal precedent it's called, that the punishments prohibited by the bill of a tainter clause include disqualification from holding office. Moreover, the Constitution requires the chief justice to preside when the president of the United States is tried. No former official has ever been convicted by the Senate. Only one has been impeached. Secretary of War William Belkamp, W. Belkamp is his name, was apparently guilty of impeachable offenses, to which he confessed and he resigned his office hours before the House unanimously impeached him. This was going back to 1876. The Senate voted in favor of a procedural motion affirming its jurisdiction to try the impeachment. But two dozen senators who believed he was guilty voted to acquit because of uh, uh, jurisdictional grounds. And a close vote, a half nearly a century and a half ago doesn't establish any binding precedent anyway. Anyway, so the more compelling precedent, if you're looking for it, I know this is a little in the weeds, but you're going to hear it, is when the effort or the House's decision not to impeach Richard Nixon after he left office in 1974 to avoid what was certain impeachment and conviction at the time, there was not a movement to continue the process. And beyond the Constitution, strong policy, historical reasons, and incoming administration should not seek recriminations against their predecessors. I thought Mr. Unity, Joe Biden, would probably step up by now. Apparently he's, oh, they can, they can follow their constitutional duty and, and we can, you know, turn America into a so- socialist hellhole all at once. Anyway, America's lived more in accordance with Lincoln's message uh, to the soon-to-be-defeated Confederacy, quote, with malice toward none with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive to finish the work we are in to bind up the nation's wounds. Apparently, Mr. Unity was all talk. No action is coming. He'll support this latest shift show. But the problem is now Democrats are, they're getting scared. And Republicans are even more scared because you got a lot of Republican senators, more than Democrats, up in in two years for the U.S. Senate. So it's it's very clear how this is going to go. If you're interested, I'll give you a quick synopsis. It's going to be argued on the constitutional merits, on the double standards. The rhetoric of the left is going to be brought up at this trial. And yes, they can they can 
sit there and watch that evidence introduced. And the country might actually get a different taste of what they're hearing on fake news media. Anyway, the president, they'll, they'll file the articles. They'll send them over to the Senate. The president's team will respond. They'll convene a court. Probably a motion to dismiss would be my guess. And the longest this thing would go on, I imagine, would be a week. And then they acquit and it's over. It's going to be that simple. I think most people will actually vote to dismiss. It could be out on that basis as well. In other words, a motion to dismiss. When I announced it, you all said it's not possible. Come on, give me a break, man. That's a good start. Oh, we got our first, come on, give me a break, man, in the Oval Office. Man, this is, I don't think he even knows he does it. I just my guess. Uh, Mr. Unity, by the way, let me make one other point on this. Federal investigators now are discovering, and our sources confirm they're discovering, that the insurrection, the mob, and the media, and Democrats' favorite new word, um, was in fact fully planned out. A lot of this was planned. Now, did some people that had been part of the rally allow themselves to get caught up in it? Yep, they did. That was pretty dumb. But federal invest, the more that they do, the more that this th- this whole thing, you begin to see why you don't have snap impeachments. You begin to see it all. You know, and it's kind of funny because, you know, the... Press secretary, I guess, is her position. I'm not sure. A spokesperson for Biden, uh, Jen Psaki, telling uh, Savannah Guthrie, uh, Biden served 36 years in the Senate. In other words, is Mr. Unity, President Unity, going to stop this, you know, canceled, divisive Trump impeachment trial that's unconstitutional post-presidency impeachment? Anyways, and he's going to leave uh, leave it to the Senate. Real leaders. No, he doesn't want to piss off his radical base. That's the only reason he wouldn't stand up for it. And he probably wants it to happen. And the same day you got Pelosi saying Trump is an accessory to murder, instigating insurrection. Well, we played Nancy's remarks and Maxine Waters remarks and Joe Biden's remarks and Chuck Schumer's remarks and Kamala Harris's remarks. If that's their standard, they all have a lot of explaining to do. Although AOC has gotten on board congratulating Biden and Harris, we've got to begin to heal the planet. Okay, creating justice, healing our planet. What does that even mean? Bernie's, I think, between Bill Clinton falling asleep. I mean, there's literally photos that showing Biden's speech put put Clinton to sleep, which I'm sure he just wasn't very excited about. I didn't take a little snooze during the inauguration speech. Bernie Sanders wearing his parker and his mittens. Maybe he thought he was in Vermont. I don't know. Um, now, here we go again. The Churchill bust remember president trump brought it back winston churchill one of the one of the most courageous historic figures that literally in the middle of the bombing of britain was out amongst people every single day risking his life and and literally shoring up an entire nation with courage they never thought they had and etc so Biden removes the Churchill bust from the Oval Office. Anybody know blood, tile, tears, and sweat? And, I would uh, say to the House, 
as I said to those who have joined the government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. You ask what is our policy? I will say it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. To wage war against a monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalogue of human crime. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. For without victory there is no survival. Without victory there is no survival. Now, he didn't just speak words because as uh, the Nazis were bombing uh, Great Britain, uh, he went out uh, pretty much daily among the people of Britain and, and summoned the strength and the courage and the might of a nation to fight back against evil and tyranny in his time. It's a war my father spent four years in the Pacific in. I know a lot about it. Um, one of the, one of the, one of the most, one of the bravest historian figures. Now, interestingly, after the war, side note, he was thrown out of office, but then he, he got back in long story. All right. We'll talk about it another day, but you know, symbolic, um, you're going to watch Biden to spend more than either Clinton or Obama to aid the economy by, by a long shot. Um, they're talking about $2 trillion as a down payment looking at this Green New Deal. Then, of course, now for all the people that are still out of work, you know, think about what they're going through. You know, all the people that are still out of work. Now we're going to have more competition from illegal immigrants. Now, now we're not going to have, they said, well, we're canceling the, the Muslim travel ban. There never was a Muslim travel ban. There was a travel ban from countries that had associations with with people of known terrorist groups. Plenty of Muslim countries not included in that list. So it's just an outright lie and propaganda. Now, what does this all mean? And of course, well, if you're in the caravan, just now is not the best time. We're just starting out. We need a little time. And then, of course, a path to amnesty, open borders, not building any more border wall and Biden's new mandate. That be nice to others or I will fire you on the spot. Okay. There's going to be a 100-day pause on deportations, uh, limitations on ICE, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, one of the worst things I read, haven't spent a lot of time talking about it, is, and, and this is very interesting. I think it was John McLaughlin, Linda, correct me if I'm wrong, that said, I think the Jewish American vote for Donald Trump only went up about a point in this last election. Never been a president that has been more pro-religious freedom than Donald Trump ever in history. Never been a president that has been more supportive of the state of Israel than Donald Trump, recognizing Golan Heights and Gaza, et cetera, West Bank as Israeli territory, uh, moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, something so many other past presidents said had promised but never in fact, followed through on. I mean, day one, the new Biden administration signaling, you know, back to the the bad old relationship days of the Obama administration and a shift in policy towards Israel. 
And literally right after he's sworn into office, on that list, the first things to do, changing the name of the U.S. ambassador to Israel's Twitter account to state the official Twitter account of the U.S. ambassador to Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. Now, the change in title, as the Washington Free Beacon reported, that is a pretty significant shift in policy. In that case, considering the history of the Biden-Obama administration, it means something. The U.S. has for decades, they never took a position, a policy position on West Bank Gaza. The only person to do that was Donald Trump, maintaining that the Israelis, the Palestinians, they've got to decide in negotiations how the areas will be split up. By the way, Benjamin Netanyahu saw this coming and acted early uh, before Biden was ever sworn in. Anyway, the change does mark a significant shift, and the incoming administration's move does signal it's going to elevate the new ambassador's, the next ambassador's role to include conducting direct diplomacy with Palestinian leaders, including the Gaza Strip, et cetera, et cetera. Rick Scott responded, Senator of Florida, the Biden administration title change for the U.S. ambassador to Israel shows Democrats' hostility towards Israel. And then the question is, if it's only 26 or 27 percent of the electorate in the country, um, in, in the Jewish American community that votes for Donald Trump, why? I mean, OK, you, you voted for a guy who's, you know, as vice president, his administration was more hostile to Israel than anyone in our lifetime. Um, by the way, former HHS secretary Alex Azar rightly pointing out that if Biden actually made good on his pledge to deliver 100 million covid shots in 100 days, well, that's actually less than half the vaccinations that the Trump administration already had on target to deliver. Azar said it uh, the, earlier this week, and he said that 900,000 vaccinations a day were already being administered and the number increasing every week. And we'll have distributed 250 million doses of vaccine in the next 100 days. So, I mean, why don't we just stick to that plan then and make sure that these governors do their job when they get, I mean, I can't believe they're actually, there's one story about, I guess somebody was in a pharmacy and asked people, do you guys want to get the vaccine? Otherwise, they're going to have to throw it out after midnight. It's sure. And they went and they got it. Well, why don't we have people online and people prepared and, and a, some type of They've known this is coming now for a long time. This just in, the parlor judge refused to make Amazon resume hosting the website. Okay, there's got to be an antitrust issue in here somewhere. That's my guess. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and there are companies out there that are now laying off people that work in the energy sector. One of the things I always it always drew me to the energy energy sector. Number one, we had the lowest gas prices ever. We're now energy independent. We no, weren't weren't importing a drop of oil in November from the Middle East, not a drop. Um, and you know now we're going to end the Keystone XL pipeline, and then going to go after the rest of the en energy and gas and oil industry and the coal industry. Well. It's incalculable the damage that's going to be done to the economy and, and the wreckage of human lives here. Because imagine if your family was part of the Keystone XL pipeline and Joe Biden now on day one, oh, we're going to stop that today. Well, what do you think happens next? Everybody that's been working on it, again, 
which is for the benefit of the American people, the free flow of oil at market prices, no longer dependent on other nations that hate our guts like Russia, countries in the Middle East, etc. And more importantly, we have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of high paying career jobs that are going to be lost. And and what are the what are these people supposed to do now? In a day and age where unemployment's never been higher because Democratic governors aren't as smart as guys like Ron DeSantis down in Florida. So now your fellow Americans, maybe they had a, a good career track job paying them 100 grand a year. Even truck drivers, you know, are we're making, you know, you get trained to drive the truck. They give you a place to live while you're being trained. And then all the overtime you can have, they're making 100 grand a year. That's that's a that's a pretty good career job with a career track if you want to pursue other avenues in the future. Anyway, so they suspended oil and gas leasing and permitting on federal lands on top of everything else, uh, evaluating the legal implications. That means it's all going away. That, that accounts to close to 25% of our nation's crude oil output meaning they're a big contributor to our oil supply. A good piece in Reuters about this. Oil and gas industry, trade groups, American Petroleum Institute, Western Energy Alliance, yeah, they're all issuing statements condemning it. Yeah, with this move, they're leading us now towards more reliance on foreign energy from countries with lower environmental standards and risk to hundreds of thousands of jobs and billions in government revenue. Great move, Joe. By the way, we told you so. We tried to warn the country. We tried our best. We knew this would happen. None of it's good for the country. Um, you know, this, back to this talk of a political party. Now that it seems like, seems, and I'm keeping my eye on it, trust me, very closely. But now that it kind of seems like the Republicans understand the constitutional issues and the impact on their own selfish political careers as it relates to a post unconstitutional post impeachment trial shift show. Um, if the Republicans were stupid enough to do that, there's no way you don't. I, I really believe Rand Paul's right that you don't fracture the Republican Party forever. There are people already that have been talking about one name. There was one report of a Patriot Party. I don't know. I'd like a Freedom Party. I like freedom. Or Constitution Party. Um, after we slowed down with the Constitution of States, Mark Levin has been a big advocate of all of this. So probably going to have to get back to that discussion and maybe start really embracing that as an opportunity to bypass where the left has taken this country and what they want to do and pack the courts and end the legislative filibuster and statehood here, there, and everywhere so they have a, a Senate Democratic majority in perpetuity. But... You know, the famous lines, it was a CPAC speech. I think the other day I misspoke and said a time for choosing. But it was Reagan at CPAC saying, is it a, he asked the question rhetorically, is it a third party we need? And he answers his own question. He goes, no, we need a revitalized second party. Well, Trump was the revitalization of the Republican Party. It's amazing how quickly, you know, rather than learn that principled, courage to fight for the promises you make to your constituents usually ends up with people supporting you in crowds perhaps even showing up that you never dreamed of but reagan continued with no pale pastels but 
bold colored differences. Problem, biggest problem with the Republican Party. I'm not a Republican. And the biggest problem for them is that, you know, there, there is a swamp. There is a sewer in Washington. And, you know, Republicans tend to get weak and they don't have vision. They don't have backbone. They don't have political courage. They're always thinking about their next election. And rather than just go and, and fulfill the promises you were you were the honor you were given by your constituents to serve them, they just they they all seem to whatever party they're from just get entrenched into the bureaucracy and they like being called senator and congressman or congresswoman or governor or whatever it happens to be. You know, but if they do it, I mean, if they ever were to go ahead stupidly on this this unconstitutional post-impeachment shift show, witch hunt, latest hoax. That's where it's going to end up. Amazing investigators keep saying, oh, yeah, this more and more evidence showing that this was planned. Unbelievable. Hunter Biden and his associates and family members were connected to Chinese nationals and Chinese companies linked with the Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. This includes the CEFC China Energy Company Limited and also that company's subsidiaries. Records show that a company linked to the communist regime sent Hunter Biden law firm millions of dollars. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. They can't even figure out how to deal with the, 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 the fact that they have this great division between the China Sea and the mountains in the east, I mean in the west. They can't figure out how they're going to deal with the corruption that exists within the system. I mean, I, you know, they're not bad folks, folks, but guess what? They're not a they're, they're not, not, they're competition for us. A more prosperous China will mean more demand for American-made goods and services and more jobs back home in the United States of America. So our desire for your prosperity is not born out of some nobility. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. Uh, when I've, I've spent a lot of time with President Xi, even he acknowledges that uh, the, the growth and progress in China has been a direct relationship of uh, the stability that has been in, uh, encouraged by a U.S. presence. We're not trying to contain China. We're not trying to slow down Chinese growth. The growth of China is overwhelmingly in our interest. We've recognized that the United States-China relations generate global economic benefit, not just to both our countries, but global benefit. Last year, our trade with China supported over 500,000 jobs here in the United States. There was a debate here in the United States, and quite frankly, throughout most of the West, as whether a rising China was in the interest of the United States and the wider world. As a young member of the Foreign Relations Committee, I wrote and I said, and I believe then what I believe now, that a rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. I guess I want to ask you, do you think that this is, is going to, in fact, be a major issue? And are you vulnerable on this issue at all because of your son's business dealings in, in China? No, I don't believe so at all. My son's business dealings were not anything where everybody that he's talking about, not even remotely. 
All right, there it is. Uh, yes, uh, Joe Biden's many moments of praising China. Um, so tonight on Hannity, the guy that owns the laptop repair shop that actually patriotically turned over the information to the FBI after reaching out to Hunter Biden again and again and again and again and again to come and take the laptop, which they didn't take. They have since asked that it be returned a little late. That kind of makes it more authentic. Oh, they didn't say it's not true or any of those things. Then it gets into the whole big tech cancel culture uh, misinformation flow of the mob because they protected Joe Biden and wouldn't allow the contents that implicated Joe Biden himself and and contradict the statement that he didn't know about zero experience hunters, many business dealings, including with China and Ukraine and Russia and Kazakhstan. Anyway, Peter Schweitzer, he's the one that got it all this started uh, back in January of 2018. He joins us now. Secret Empires was the best selling book at the time. And now this is coming front and center. Where do you think it goes? Uh, it's a great question, Sean, and I'm looking forward to the uh, to the interview uh, tonight. I think that's going to be very uh, enlightening. Um, I think uh, we are going to continue to see the Bidens do what they've done. Um, look, I mean, Joe Biden has said that he is not going to, there's not going to be any illegitimate foreign deals involving his family. But on the other hand, he's never said um, and denies that the Ukraine dealings and the China dealings were illegitimate. So I think we can expect them to keep doing what they're doing. We know that Hunter has this equity stake in a Chinese company, and there are these other entanglements. So that's going to continue. And I think what we're going to see from the Biden administration is, you know, talk about um, we need to, you know, maintain some of Trump's policies of being tough on China. But you know, Sean, I've been following politics in Washington a long time, as you have, and what I've learned is that, that talk is cheap. Uh, and the real question is, are they going to back that up with policy? And, and the answer, I think, is a definite no. They know that, that a lot of people are watching them because of the commercial ties the family has with Beijing, and they're going to say some of the right things. But in terms of policies, it's going to be a very, very positive uh, development uh, for Beijing. Uh, because this administration is not going to uh, be with tough with them the way that we need to be. Well, I mean, I, you know, it's like, OK, what the the family foreign financial syndicate continues. Is is that where we're now headed? I mean, I, I see Hunter there. Now, the thing is, is I'm just wondering, you've been briefed on the contents of the laptop. We're going to maybe know, hopefully know more by tonight uh, with the laptop repair shop owner joining us. Uh, we've heard from Bob Alinsky, who's on with Tucker. You've spoken with him yourself. You've independently corroborated the emails that implicate Joe Biden in that family business, something he denied having any knowledge about. And my question is, where does this go? Because based on the standards Democrats have now set in terms of impeachment, that would render all of these issues, including the the billion dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired to help out zero experience hunter all of it now can be applied to Joe Biden almost uh, frankly today it could be applied absolutely and and Sean let's be clear the the, the reason that you have an independent prosecutor and independent counsel 
is, and this is written into the statute, if there is a conflict of interest, meaning that the uh, alleged criminal activity or investigation involves a senior administration official, that could be the attorney general, that could be the vice president, that could be the president, and because it involves that individual or their family, um, it is not possible for there to be a fair uh, and, and a perceived to be a fair investigation by the DOJ. And so the statute calls for an independent counsel in those instances. You cannot find a Taylor case uh, that is better than the one involving Hunter Biden and these Chinese deals and the Ukrainian deal. So it, it is really up to uh, uh, the new attorney general, assuming he gets confirmed, uh, to enact the independent counsel statute. A lot of people wanted William Barr to do that. Uh, in the case of Barr, it was a little bit awkward because at the time he was still attorney general. Donald J. Trump was still the president. The investigation um, was, was going on happily the way that it should. Um, but that has now changed uh, with the change of administration. So we need to have an independent counsel. And what we need, Sean, is people on Capitol Hill, uh, Republicans, uh, making clear, as the Democrats did in 2017, uh, that, that this is a non-negotiable thing. Um, we all now know that the Russia collusion thing um, was based on nothing. It was based on this fake dossier that was made up. Um, by a corrupted source who was paid by the Clinton campaign. Nothing like that applies here. We, we, we have the flow of money. We have the Treasury Department reports that Senator Johnson's committee uh, released. We've got Tony Bobolinsky's communications. We've got the laptop. So this is not a politically motivated, um, you know, made-up dossier that's uncorroborated. This is, this is the very foundational forensic evidence that should be the basis of an investigation. And it's only going to happen if Republicans on Capitol Hill say nothing's going to get done unless, unless this happens. That's the only way we get... I, I, I don't and see them the stopping way. all business to make that happen. And I, I think what we're going to see is what Democrats can't get done legislatively. Uh, first, they'll change the process. My, I fully anticipate that Schumer and company, uh, Manchin says he won't go along with it, but maybe Mitt Romney would. I don't know. Uh, in this divided political environment we have, but uh, they probably want to eliminate the legislative filibuster. Uh, committee chairmanships are going to be in the hands of Democrats. My guess is they will live in the past and they'll be out there pushing to, you know, forever investigate all things Donald Trump, uh, you know, till, till the day this poor guy dies and his family as well. And it just seems like it's it's I don't think that's going to happen. I don't I just don't believe it. But I think the evidence couldn't be more overwhelming. Now, the stuff that I'm hearing on the laptop, short of Joe Biden's knowledge that would prove Joe Biden's knowledge of Hunter's business dealings, which contradicts his, his statements publicly, uh, are are these personal issues with Hunter. You know, we saw the picture of the crack pipe um, in Hunter's mouth with him asleep on the front cover of the New York Post. But, of course, Big Tech censored that. So my question is, you've heard about what else is on that laptop. It's beyond disturbing. 
Um, let's put it this way. If all of that panned out to be true, I don't see how anyone would be able to avoid jail. Yeah, I think, I think that's a huge issue. Look, what, what we were advised um, uh, as we um, uh, were arranging to get access to uh, emails and the laptop was that, and this is, again, not based on direct knowledge, but based on what I've been told, that some of the images on that laptop are of such that you do not want to be in possession of them because simply by possessing them, you could be violating certain laws uh, as it relates to, let's just say, you know, certain imagery. I'll leave it that way. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, we were very clear we didn't want that. We wanted the emails, but I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's all very, very disturbing. And what we know is that, you know, Joe Biden has talked about how close he is to Hunter. They, they have been close for a very long time. Some of the emails in the laptop indicate very directly that Hunter Biden was, you know, paying bills for his father. Uh, he even in one uh, communication uh, complained, I believe it was to his daughter, uh, that he was paying uh, some of his mom's and dad's bills. Um, so that means that, that, you know, Joe Biden initially said he had no knowledge of Hunter's deals. Now that it's been revealed that he did and that Tony Bobolinsky met with them, the argument has shifted that he didn't benefit from any of the deals. And now it appears that the laptop speaks to the fact that, Sean, they, they actually did financially benefit because Hunter was getting paid and Hunter was paying part of his parents' bills. That makes them direct beneficiaries. And I agree with you on as far as Capitol Hill's concerned. There's not a whole lot of profiles and courage up there um, on our side. But look, that's the only way this is going to happen. That's the only way this is going to be investigated. And if we don't have people there with backbones saying, look, all we're asking for is an independent investigation to look into this. Uh, if they don't do that, this story will be buried. It's it's it tends to be likely now if the contents, I think too many people and you might agree with this. Don't too many people now know the contents of the laptop. In other words, I don't think it's going to be possible possible for people to to bury that story. I just don't see it. Yeah, they can't bury the story. I agree. But, but you know, some of the great progress that we've made in the story, you and I started talking about this in January of 2018. You were the first one to pick this up. Um, and then in Profiles in Corruption, we expanded it. And then Senator Johnson's committee sort of followed in the wake. And what they had was subpoena power. They had the ability to actually look at some financial transactions and others. We don't have that capability. You don't have that capability. No news outlet does. So you have to have some official government body that has subpoena power, whether it's an independent council, whether it's a Senate committee looking into this. Otherwise, uh, they are going to continue to deny uh, what is most certainly true. And it's going to be very, very hard, I think, to, uh, in, in the sense, explain and lay out how there was very real, I believe, criminal conduct that was taking place here. So to me, it's a, it's a, it's a key ingredient. You're right, the story's not going away. Sean, we are going through the emails on the Hunter laptop. We are looking at the other deals that were discussed. We were lo- we're looking at the terms of those deals, who they involved. So we will be doing much more reporting on that. I hope I can come in, uh, uh, on your show and talk about that. Um, but without that official arm of subpoena power, we're never going to know the full story. And the American people need to know the full story of the first family uh, and how they have become wealthy. Uh, I think all of that. And I got to tell you something. We better we better get to the truth. And you know what? If we do our job, I'm, I'm convinced 
the American people will see it. They'll be disgusted by it, and and they'll make their decisions moving forward accordingly as a result of it. I think, you know, light the best disinfectant, right? All right, a lot more crown to cover when we come back. All right, so as part of the new open borders, no more no more wall building, expediting a path to citizenship for people that didn't respect our laws and our sovereignty and uh, just came into the country illegally. Uh, what is the impact? What does it mean? What are the key takeaways in all of this? We'll get to that. We have Ami Horowitz, documentarian. He might have more crazy tape available. You never know with him. Miranda Devine and much more in your calls, 800 941 Sean. As we continue this Thursday, glad you are with us. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, as promised, open borders, uh, a path to amnesty and DACA and everything in between, stopping the building of the border wall, all in one 24-hour day. Uh, I warned you, tried to warn you. Some of you listened, many of you listened, some of you didn't. Uh, what is going to be the impact of all of this? Uh, well, a path to citizenship now means, uh, well, we're going to give you something of great value. I hope you'll always vote Democrat. And of course, they've always been establishment Republicans that they want labor for as cheap as they can get it. How's that going to impact American workers. It's not going to be good for them. Anyway, here's Joe Biden on all things immigration. I'll be president of the United States, not vice president of the United States. And the fact is, I've made it very clear. Within 100 days, I'm going to send to the United States Congress a pathway to citizenship for over 11 million undocumented people. And all of those so-called dreamers, those DACA kids, they're going to be immediately certified again to be able to stay in this country and put on a path to citizenship. I'm going to, from day one, uh, we're going to have a fundamental, I'm going to send to the uh, United States Congress a, uh, a, a an immigration plan to provide a pathway for legalization for 11 million undocumented people. On day one, I'm going to send legislation, immigration legislation, reform to the Congress to provide a roadmap to citizenship for 11 million undocumented immigrants and so much that make up so much of our communities and make us so strong. Should someone who is here without documents, and that is his only offense, should that person be deported? That person should not be the focus of deportation. We should fundamentally change the way we deal with them. How exactly would you detain immigrants, if at all, in a Biden administration? The way we did when we reformed the system with the DACA, I would not retain them behind bars. Just like I've argued all along, any woman who crosses the border or is here and being beaten by her husband, but she's an undocumented, she cannot be deported because she reports. There are certain things you can not deport an undocumented alien for, an undocumented person for. And that would be one of them. What exact changes would you bring to ICE as an agency? I would hold ICE agents accountable if, in fact, they stepped over my executive orders, which is no arrest of anyone outside of their school. So how do you no. change the culture? You change in the, the culture by saying you're going to get fired. You're fired if, in fact, you do that. You only arrest for the purpose of dealing with a felony that's committed. And I don't count drunk driving as a felony. Uh, should undocumented immigrants also be able to get subsidized health care? If they are working in the United States of America and they are 
paying taxes, they should have access to health care. They should have, have access to what everybody else has access to. We are a nation of immigrants. And one of the reasons why we are so powerful and we've been so successful is because we're a nation of immigrants. And the way we're acting both domestically and internationally is, is a crying shame. It's not who we are. Guess what? They're the reason why the legal as well as undocumented are the reason why our society is functioning, the reason why our economy is growing. We don't talk about that. We stand up and act like it's a burden. It is not a burden. It's a gift. All right. uh, That's uh, Joe Biden over the years. Uh, Joining us now, Laura Rees. She's a senior uh, research fellow, Homeland Security Heritage Foundation. A recent article on immigration clearly outlines the troubles ahead with undocumented uh, people from around the globe entering the U.S., uh, Biden makes a big deal too yesterday about well, going to get rid of the Muslim travel ban. There never was a Muslim travel ban. There was a ban for for countries and a vetting process for people from countries uh, that have known ties to radical extremists. Uh, certain countries that are predominantly Muslim were not on the list because they don't have that problem. Anyway, she joins us. Also, uh, John Daniel Davidson, senior fellow for the Texas Public. Policy Foundation and political editor for the Federalist. Thank you both for being with us, Laura. Start with you. Uh, look, he, this is everything that he promised. Everything that we tried to warn people about in ahead of the election. Uh, now, you know, he's doing what he said he would do, which is what I kept saying to everybody. This is the most radical agenda ever stated and run on by any major political party. Yes, Sean, thank you for having me on, and you're right. He has been very busy just in day one, and uh, that includes sending proposed legislation to Congress. And if the left, the Democrats, roll back the Senate filibuster, uh, which has protected against uh, mass amnesty bills for the past 20 years, they will be able to push through a very radical immigration agenda. Well, I think we're seeing it before our eyes. You know, John Daniel Davidson, look, it's been known for over the years. One of the reasons that the left, the right, conservatives, liberals, really Republicans and Democrats would always try and negotiate their gang of eight, gang of 10, gang of 12, gang of this, gang of that is because Republicans for their constituency, they they seem to always want inexpensive labor or cheap labor as we call it well that impacts americans and their ability to get a high paying jobs and on the other side of it you have liberal democrats that have always wanted it because i think they see that a majority of new immigrants would likely vote for the democratic party so everyone's got their own motives here don't they yeah that's one of the reasons our immigration system dates from about 1965 we haven't had any major shifts or fundamental reform to our immigration system since then. Uh, Our immigration system does not serve uh, the economy. It doesn't serve the American people. Um, And it does need reform. But this isn't what needs this isn't how to reform it. This is just opening up the floodgates uh, to everyone in Mexico and Central America uh, and sending them a message saying, if you can get here, you can stay. And we're already seeing that. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's that's the point. So what is the impact of this? Uh, there's really nothing, Laura, that I see that Republicans can do to stop it. Do you see well, anything? Um, the one hope is that um, 
President Biden does not want to be responsible for the next Southwest border crisis. Now, unfortunately, he has already terminated the emergency declaration that President Trump put in place. Uh, but he has said, look, uh, this is going to take six months, not just one day, because we don't want two million illegal immigrants on the border. Nevertheless, the executive orders that President Biden has signed and the legislation he seems to have sent to Congress uh, point in the other direction. So he himself lived through a border crisis when he was vice president in 2014. He seems to forget that, um, but he's going to have his hands full because clearly he's ringing the bell for more caravans and um, more mass immigration illegally. And I see, I don't see the way to stop it, and I don't see anything Republicans can do. Stopping building the border wall. One of, one of the things I'm thinking, John, is that this is, uh, oh, come to America, because not only are you going to be able to cross, but you'll be able to cross, and then we'll give you a path to citizenship. So now the latest caravan is is building. I guess this one, I'm not sure, Honduras. I think they tried to stop him in Guatemala, and Mexico is now preparing for the caravan, I guess, hitting there. And then, you know, and then Biden administration's response is, uh, you, you, yeah, don't come just yet. It's not a good time today. And uh, Okay, what, come next week or come a month from now? Yeah, it's too late. It doesn't matter what Biden says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. The Democrats have made clear over the years, and especially over the past year with the election, what their position is on immigration and what they'll do when they get in power. And now they're going about doing it. So don't expect anyone in Honduras or Guatemala or El Salvador. And by the way, these are countries that have been devastated by two hurricanes late last year and the coronavirus pandemic. People are there. Uh, are desperate, and uh, they they want opportunity. These caravans that are forming are largely of men who are leaving their families to come north to work and find jobs, and uh, they are they are coming. In fact, there was a news crew that interviewed a, uh, a member of the caravan the other day who said point blank to the camera, "Biden is going to take care of us." The message is already out there. You can't unring the bell, as you said. And it doesn't matter what they say and do at this point. We are going to have caravans, and the first one is on its way. Well, I think it'll be the, the first of many. Now, we have a problem in terms of, you know, with all the, the state shutdowns, RE COVID. Americans now filed 900,000 applications for unemployment in the last week. A signal, obviously, layoffs are still going strong as this now is impacting businesses, especially in blue states like California and New York and elsewhere. You know, Cuomo is now talking about a city state income tax of 15 percent. Well, that'll accelerate people leaving the state to even a greater degree. Being number one wasn't enough. They want to be a super number one in terms of people deciding that they're going to leave New York state. And California now is a mess and you can't even eat outdoors now in California. Uh, So what about the people in the country that had already been displaced, it's just going to be more displacement. Then it's going to be more government handouts, more government bailouts. I won't even call them handouts. There are people in real need right now. Um, But if that kind of pressure, Laura, is only going to spiral the economy, put so much pressure on it that people looking for work are going to have a hard time finding it, now competing with illegal immigrants and cheap labor, uh, that those high-paying jobs are going away, and we're losing the jobs because of the Keystone XL pipeline and and pulling back and dialing back on energy production. Well, that's right. And not only is he uh, advocating for amnesty for the illegal immigrants, 
who are already here, but he also would increase the numbers of legal immigration, which would even further uh, put pressure on the American economy and Americans trying to get back to work. And it is just not the time to do that. So um, he is pushing on all fronts and all directions is going up. More illegal immigration and more legal immigration. All right. Last word, uh, John, on this topic. What impact does it have on people that need jobs right now? Well, I think a lot of people will take any job they can get right now, uh, especially if they're allowed to work. So, uh, you know, as was just mentioned, this is the wrong time to do this. Uh, it's never the right time to throw open the borders and to send a message to the world that if you can get in by hook or by crook, then you can stay. But that's the message that, that, that Democrats have been peddling for years now. People are listening and they're arranging their affairs accordingly. I'll tell you what, if I lived in Honduras, I'd be on my way north right now, too. Uh, honestly, I would, too. You basically got an open invitation. Uh, all right, John uh, Daniel Davidson, thank you. Laura Reese, thank you as well. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program, we'll get to your calls. Let's hit our busy phones here. Many of you patients, uh, let's say hi from Scott, Arizona. Scott, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Thank you for uh, taking my call. I, I need a, uh, a basic Hannity sanity check. Um, as Maxine Waters, who has become now our moral teacher, has demonstrated uh, for us shortly after President Trump was inaugurated, we should be starting to chant impeach 46 right now, correct? I mean, am I wrong? I mean, well, if we're going to apply the same here, standards but- they did with Ukraine, Joe would have already you know, been impeached as of yesterday. If we use their standards, and I'm not even calling for it, uh, the mob isn't going to let it happen. Republicans don't have the power to let it happen. And you know what? We have serious problems at this point. Uh, You know, it's just as they wasted four years of this country's time with rancor and and bitterness and hatred. And uh, they don't even see it. Um, So if you say and take a page, impeach 46, impeach 46, I don't think so. I think there are going to be significant Areas that will point out of of glaring hypocrisy and everything they said that they would apply every standard they'd apply to Trump. They're not going to apply to Biden. I can assure you that. Well, thank you, Sean. I wanted that sanity check because I was thinking of getting a wig, trying to look like her and just start to uh, go out on the side of the street and say impeach 46. Listen, it's sort of like the violent rhetoric of the left that we've been playing. I'm telling you, don't. That's not who we are. It's just not. We're not the anarchists. We don't believe we respect law enforcement. We believe in law and order. We believe in our Constitution, you know, and I I mean, it's just it's nobody needs to go there. You know, the 99 percent at the the rally were not insurrectionists. Uh, You're going to peacefully, patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices will be heard. But the president said. We can play Kamala, Joe, Maxine, Nancy, Chuck, and pretty much every Democrat. And they would be, if you take their words as uh, given, oh, sounds like they're inciting violence, insurrection. Um, will those standards ever be applied to them? No, because that's the environment we live. The media mob, if, if we treated Joe Biden the way they treated Trump, 
with lies, conspiracy theories, one hoax after another. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we could cause all of, I, I, I just I don't have that ability to be them. They think we're them, but we're not. They have a caricature that they paint of us that is inaccurate. So let you're going to be OK, Scott. Let not your heart be troubled. Yes. Y- yes. Yes. I'm going to be fine. I just uh, from a sarcasm perspective, I just wanted to put that out there. So the liberals didn't think I was inciting violence and that I could be impeached no, that, and never run for president. Listen, anybody that if you find yourself at a protest, at a rally and you see craziness unfolding, get the hell out of there. I don't want to be associated with crazy people. It's not who we are. And that's the 99 percent of us. We believe, you know, the, in the legislative process, hopefully the Constitution works. The legislative branch, the judicial branch, hopefully will work. We'll see. All right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free number, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, next. Stay right here for our final News Roundup and Information Overload. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Last time we played a montage. You know, the Biden, it's so unremarkable, so easily forgotten, will be forgotten, probably is already forgotten, except for the repetition of unity, 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 you know, by Biden. Meanwhile, yeah, no, no, we can go ahead with impeachment, you know, and and Nancy Pelosi's comments and his comments and Schumer's comments and Kamala's comments. Well, we're going to ignore all liberal Democrats and the the rage that they have expressed over these last four years. But we're going to talk about unity. All right. Well, let's intersperse unity talk of Biden with his fellow liberal Democrats, socialist Democrats. To restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. This is a bunch of scumbags. That's what they are. Those are very strong words. Organized around making money. My whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people. Uniting our nation. You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. With unity, we can do great things, important things. The president is a racist and he is a demagogue. That is just a fact. For without unity, there is no peace. Only bitterness and fury. This administration is behaving like a bunch of thugs and gangsters. We must end this uncivil war. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. The question is, how are we going to really almost deprogram these people who have signed up for the cult of Trump? The cult of Trump deprogramming, take the children away from from Trump supporters and and send them to reeducation camps, according to the lawyer for PBS. And we'll reeducate them. They could watch PBS all day. Oh, that's like torture. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi losing it yesterday, yesterday, saying Trump is an accessory to murder after instigating insurrection. Then she goes off. Nancy says the U.S. could not have survived two terms of Donald Trump. You have Jen Psaki, the, uh, I guess, spokesperson, White House communications director, whatever the position is, uh, is now Biden's push for unity will not include canceling the impeachment witch hunt trial. The latest one. 
And he's saying that Biden will let Congress decide. Of course, why would Biden take a stand and and piss off a very angry base that now control him in every aspect? AOC, though, did congratulate Biden and Harris. We must begin healing our planet as Bernie Sanders uh, was wearing a parker and mittens to the inauguration. And Bill Clinton was noticed nodding off, apparently. Anyway, our friend Miranda Devine joins us from the uh, New York Post. Ami Horowitz, documentarian, here to talk about this and so much more. Uh, I read your column. Biden put on a show of unity. Will he stick to it? Well, don't you think, Miranda, that yesterday's comments by Nancy Pelosi kind of tell us the real direction it's going and the fact that he's not going to weigh in on this impeachment sham that's not going to work anyway? Uh it kind of tells us what he really means? Yes, of course it does. And uh, it's pretty obvious that uh, any talk of unity is completely belied by what is going on with the impeachment. To impeach a president who has already left, who is a civilian, is pointless, it's spiteful, it's vengeful, and it is exactly the way Nancy Pelosi has conducted herself throughout the Trump presidency. She is the most destructive force in this country, and I think we can lay at her feet... Uh, every problem that we have had in terms of divisiveness, including the Capitol riot, which she has capitalized on in the most egregious way, calling in all this overkill of National Guards to send a message to the world about just how dangerous the Trump movement is, the nationalist populist movement. It's theater, and that's all it's about, and that is exactly why she's pursuing this impeachment. And Joe Biden is showing himself to be completely spineless and two-faced that he doesn't say a word against it. You know, you wrote in your column, which I thought was extraordinarily well-written, Biden's inauguration speech sounded as if it had been written by a good angel on one shoulder and a bad angel on the other, the good angel calling for unity and truth, all things uh, a battered nation longed to hear. The bad angel said the precise opposite, whipping up hatred for the mythical new boogeyman of white supremacy and domestic terrorism. Yes, well, uh, you know, it's all very well for him to call for unity, but then he talks about how he's going to crush supposed white supremacism, uh, you know, political extremism, domestic terrorism. We know that is code for Trump supporters. You have to define what you're talking about. There is a tiny, tiny minority of Americans who would believe in white supremacy or would be Klansmen. Uh, That's poisonous. Republicans abhor that. Conservatives abhor that. Um, You know, that, that is not the biggest problem this country faces. Obviously, it's the pandemic. Obviously, it's the economic crisis. But Joe Biden is putting, you know, white supremacy, this bogeyman of the left, which is just a weapon to beat over the head and malign dissenters. And I think his speech yesterday, um, you know, if you cherry pick it, you can take out nice bits like unity, which we all agree with. But unfortunately, it is countered by the opposite. And I think it's exactly the way that he conducted his campaign, where he would say two contrary things at the same time. You know, he was for defunding the police and he was against defunding the police. He's trying to speak out both sides of his mouth or it, it really, his speechwriters are doing it for him. Um, a pretty, pretty 
well written and, and great observations. Ami Horowitz. Uh, now, look, you uh, we had you on. You hit the streets of New York. You have other videos where you've exposed about what's going on in college campuses, liberal cities around the country. You throw yourself into any massive controversy, sometimes a great personal risk. And OK, let's talk about what you see and what you hear as you go out on the streets all over the world, even uh, asking people what they think. I think okay, to go back to this whole white supremacist comment that 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 Biden uh, said, in his, I think it's worth repeating because, like I said, what exactly is a white supremacist? If you ask me as a Jew, what am I more fearful of? The hard right, the extreme right, the KKK and the, and the, and the white supremacists or the hard left? Well, I'm telling you, what keeps me up at night is the hard left. And the entire speech, he did not mention once the anarchists, the leftists, the BLM radicals who are burning down our country for six months. And forget six months. Well, hang on. They were in Portland and Seattle again yesterday. Yes. Not one word about that. Do you remember the days where they said dissent was patriotic? You remember that? That was like last week. Now dissent will probably put you in jail at some point. Okay? This is, we're talking about the most, the left is censorious. They always have been. They always will be because they can't win in the battlefield of ideas because they're wrong. So they have to use violence and thuggery and force in order to keep people like me and Miranda and yourself down and quiet. They won't win. So if you ask me where, where I'm afraid of, what I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of the hard left, no question about that. The hard right, the white supremacists, like he's talking, these people number in the thousands, maybe 10,000 people. You have, million, you have several million people on the hard left who, who, are, who are either burning down our cities or cheering the people burning down our cities. And, and not one second was given to that. So if you're talking, if, that, if that's unity, if you consider that unity, baller dash. That's not unity. You know, and Miranda, you do make a great point, and that is everybody condemns white supremacy and domestic terrorism and what happened, and every conservative I know condemns that and what happened at the Capitol. You know, where we're consistent as conservatives, law-abiding, peace-loving uh, Americans that don't really have a problem with dissent either, even if they're, they're attacking me, Ami, or you, it goes with the territory if you're a public figure. Um, but it gets even worse than that because we watched all summer as city blocks were taken over for weeks on end and police stations were burned to the ground and looting and arson and the destruction of business and 2,000 plus cops injured and dozens killed uh, as a result of the rioting, barely a word out of any leader of the Democratic Party. They didn't want to acknowledge it, I, I, I assume, because they didn't want to alienate that part of their radical base. It's incredible. The hypocrisy and the double standards, you know, Democrats just, they normalized violence. They encouraged it when it was their people, when it was the BLM anti-far mobs, which were rampaging through the cities. They liked it because it was adding to a feeling of chaos under Donald Trump. And so they could sheet every problem in the country. They sheeted every single COVID death to him. And, and you know, and just it's such projection that they sheeted the mob violence on the streets by left-wing mobs. They sheeted that back to Donald Trump. And then when Donald Trump wanted to bring in the National Guard to quell the violence, they called him a fascist. Remember, days and days of carry-on and screeching about a bit of tear gas in front of the White House to stop those 
thugs from actually tearing down and getting into the White House. And, you know, they disempowered the police. They demoralized police. They demonized them for months. Then, now that they want the police, they love them. They love the Capitol Hill police. Nancy Pelosi eulogizing them. They call in a bigger contingent of the National Guard to protect themselves. Now, now they love it. That's not fascism. Uh, they are such hypocrites. They love borders when it's protecting their own skin. They love guns when it's defending their peace of mind. They are such hypocrites. They will turn on a dime and they get away with it because the media is in their pocket. And it's that old adage, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is there to hear it fall, did it really fall? And that's the situation with the media, which is why it is so important to get honesty and truth back into the mainstream media. All right, quick break. We'll come back more with Miranda Devine and Ami Horowitz on the other side. 800-941-SEAN is our number. New tactic for stealing your credit card personal information has recently been discovered. Now, the new web skimming attack, e-skimming, they call it, it literally injects malicious code into a compromised e-commerce website's checkout process. And that pulls, uh, pulls your order information to display all of it on a fake checkout page. This is how sophisticated they are at stealing identities and your money. And it steals all your information. Now, look, every single day we put information at the risk on the Internet. And look, LifeLock is going to catch all the threats you'd miss on your own or all you do is monitor your credit. LifeLock.com, the leader in identity theft protection. They detect a wide range of identity threats. They'll check the dark web to see if your information is for sale. If you're compromised, they have restoration specialists that will work to protect it for you and restore it for you. LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, a low annual fee. Just got even cheaper today. It's a 25% discount off your first year. Just go to LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK, to save an additional 25%. Use the promo code Hannity. Protect your name, your finances, your reputation, your credit score. LifeLock.com, promo code Hannity. America listens to Sean Hannity, and he's on right now. As we continue, Miranda Devine, columnist, New York Post, Ami Horowitz, documentarian extraordinaire. Why do you say, Ami, now it's interesting because you put yourself in the middle of any shift show, wherever it happens to be around the world. And, you know, you've been in the middle of the rioting. You you went among the the migrants at different points and and, you know, put yourself in danger. Different points you've been confronted. You've had some hostile moments in your career because you throw yourself into these environments. And what was the worst for you? I mean, the the, the worst moment for me? Yeah. Uh, 
Look, you know, I gotta say, I, I like I, said, I, I, as you're fond of saying, I, I spent time on the raft with with the refugees going from 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 uh, from Turkey to Greece, and I and I gotta say, the place I felt most uncomfortable, the place I felt most in danger, was when I was in the middle of those riots in Minneapolis and in Portland and in Seattle uh, and in Kenosha. That's where in America. Right in the United, and I remember I was beaten up by guys in Sweden uh, by, by Islamic radicals. But I gotta tell you, the, uh, this is so it's so sad, sickening, and sad for me to say. The place I felt most uncomfortable, the place where I felt my life was most in danger, was in these um, great American cities that were burning up by these anarchist BLM radical leftists, and I, I, these guys would have. No problem whatsoever taking my life. They knew exactly who I was when I was in their midst asking those questions. And, and by the way, the only time I felt good about wearing a mask uh, was when I was masked up talking to these people outside, because otherwise, who knows what would have happened. Um, but again, it goes back to my original point, is that in America, in the U.S., you can be put in a situation where you are in absolute physical danger as American cities are burning to the ground, yet the left will not say a word about it. In fact, they will, in fact, encourage it and make excuses for it. Oh, it's a couple of people. Oh, it's no big deal, right? But then, then of course, when we, have, when we have what happened at the Capitol, they use that as their ramming board in order to push through these censorious uh, agendas that they have, these censorious agendas they want to push through to make sure that people like us can't speak up. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, it's sickening, and this is happening in our country in front of our eyes, guys. Remember, if you teach that the U.S. is garbage, then they have no fidelity to our founding ideals. That's why I was just last year, I released a video last week where I went to Yale, hidden camera, and I asked students at the, on the Yale campus, should we repeal the Constitution of the United States? 65% of every Yale student who stopped said that we should. It's a racist, disgusting, document. And that's because they, well, they want to take away, they don't want anybody to ever work for Trump to be hired. And Harvard wants to take back degrees that people earned and that uh, they have because you don't think the right way. Add that big tech problem to it as well. And a corrupt media mob. I mean, we have a real information crisis, uh, Ami Horowitz. We do. And, and, and it's people like the three of us and, and, and like-minded people who are in the middle of Because this is what, this is what the, it is. This is, it really is. A, it's a battlefield. It's a battlefield of ideas. And that's really what it comes down to. All right. Thank you, Ami Horowitz. And thank you, Miranda Devine. 800-941-SEAN is the number. We'll get to your calls in a minute. 25 to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN. Our number. You want to be a part of the program. All right. George is in New York. And, George, uh, your governor, Andrew Cuomo, has proposed, well, one, he's promised Joe Biden a lawsuit if he gets anything less than $15 billion from the federal government. Uh, And if he doesn't get it, he's also going to raise taxes in New York State and city, which will raise it to 15 percent, the highest in the entire country. Well, that's great news. That ought to drive another million people out of New York in the next year. Yeah, I, I can't listen to anything Cuomo says anymore. I mean, it's it's just... Uh, well, you, you, you know, better listen because I don't think he's kidding. I mean, I think he means it. And why wouldn't he follow in Gavin Newsom's step? Of course he means it. He's got to figure out a way to fix his mismanagement. But we, we've gone down some crazy rabbit hole in New York. I can't explain it. But, uh, you know, thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to you for years. Thank you. And I know your I know your stance on boycotting, but you got to hear me out here. Okay. I noticed the only thing that gets the other side's attention 
is when we use their tactics against them. Then they cry foul. They cry, uh, you know, no fair. Hey, you can't do that uh, because we do everything better than they do anyway. I think it's time to rethink your stance about boycotting. Uh, I understand your, uh, your martial arts mentality about, you know, turning the other cheek. I have the same training you do. But sometimes... I didn't say I turn the other cheek. I said I'll try and walk away from any physical confrontation. I'll do my very best to to walk away. I don't want to get engaged in a physical confrontation with anybody. I I got that. Me me too. But sometimes when you keep getting bullied, keep getting bullied, sometimes you got to take a stance against the bully. I mean, you understand that too. Uh, Listen, it's, 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 let's say, a good skill to have in a dangerous world. Yes. Let me ask you a question. Did you grow up in New York? All right. Did you grow up in New York? New York. Okay, how old are you? My whole life. How old are you? 56. 56. Okay, did you grow up? Did you listen to Howard Stern? Did you listen to Don Imus? Did you listen to talk radio back in the 70s and 80s? I listened to them. I can't listen to Howard anymore for years now. Can you probably for the same reasons? All right, put put that aside for a second. But you did. And, you know, remember, it all started there. And there were even conservatives that supported this idea of boycotts at the time. I always knew, George, once you open that Pandora's box, there's no end to it. Cancel, silence, cancel culture, boycotts. And what it's really all about is if you don't like somebody's point of view, if you don't like what they're saying, instead of doing, well, the easy thing, which would be turn the dial. I don't want anyone to ever turn the dial. But we do have choices and liberty and freedom gives us the choice to listen and watch whatever we want to listen to, whatever we want to watch. Now, the problem is I was proven right because pretty much throughout my entire career, 25 years on Fox, 30 plus years on radio, um, there's been a lot of attempts to silence my voice in this show. And I'm not going to give in to them, but it's a never the millions and not even millions at this point, tens and tens of millions of dollars spent to silence every conservative voice. Now, you're saying we we adopt the same tactics as, as the left on this. Number one, it goes against the core principle I, I have, which is I believe in freedom of speech. And if you don't like something, don't listen to it. Now, of course, there's limits to that. If And even, by the way, on social media sites, I, I think that these sites ought to uh, monitor and get rid of uh physical threats, threats of violence, uh, organizing any type of, of violence, of it, whatever. I don't want any part of that, nor do Americans. That's a reasonable thing. Racism, um, virulent anti-Semitism, same thing. There's got to be some standard, but I want to minimize it as much as possible because you don't have to read what's on Twitter or Parler or any of these social media sites. So, again, you have the option. Um, there's got to be a, 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 some standards, but you, I wouldn't make them extraordinarily high. Like, for example, D- Dan Bongino owns a piece of Parler. I'm, I love Dan. And Dan gets slaughtered on Parler. People attack him. I, all these years being lied about, attacked, smeared, and slandered, I've never once thought, George, that I want those people to shut up or I'm going to shut them up or I'm going to boycott them. I, it's just not in my DNA. It's better that we have more speech, not less speech, and with with reasonable standards. But, you know, how do you define reasonable? I mean, silencing every conservative voice is not exactly reasonable. I, I get it. But do you feel we're gaining ground or do you feel we're losing ground? Oh, it's, so we're getting we're getting crushed. 
I mean, yeah, big so tech wouldn't even let cross the bow. Maybe we do a limited, a limited boycott just to show them, you know, how, how, where we stand, you know, pick one target for three months, six months, 12 months. Listen, I'll, I'll never forget during one of these boycott attempts against me, unbeknownst to me, you know, all of a sudden people that, that support me in this show on their own, they started destroying their carrying machines. And, and by the way, that helped end that boycott. It really was effective. I didn't organize it. I didn't orchestrate it. It was organic. It shocked the hell out of me. People shooting their Kerrig machine, people golfing the head off the Kerrig machine, uh, baseball bats dropping it from high distances. It's crazy, funny stuff. And ultimately, it really did help stop that effort to silence me because that's what it is. And in the end, what I did is we made... We, we created a pathway, and I hope we got to everybody that deserved it. Linda, how many Kerrig coffee machines did I end up buying out of my own pocket? 2,000. Okay, and did they ever, by the way, give me a discount? Yeah, they gave you like a group discount. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah, they were nice. Because I was thankful, to be honest, George, and, you know, that those can be pretty expensive items for people. So I said, you know what, let me I, say thank you. I get it. I love what you're doing, but just we got to well, think about it. the bow, and I'm running out of ideas. Nah, look, I'm just giving you my reasons. I know you maybe thought you could convince me. I understand you. Yeah. I hear you. All right, we're going to be better with more speech, not less. We will. I I promise you. And it's ultimately, they want to silence conservatives. Look what they did in the campaign. Look at how the Hunter Biden laptop story. I have the the repair shop owner on Hannity tonight. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the times we're living in. Look what they did to Parler. Look what they're doing, big tech organizing silencing shutting down canceling I, I it's 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 sad it's remarkably sad and the left is not pro freedom of speech you know they always say they have a monopoly of compassion for minorities etc etc et they don't their policies uh, are negatively Im- impacting prominently uh, neighborhoods that are prominently minority neighborhoods. Donald Trump's policies, we set record low unemployment levels. They've screwed up every Democratic-run city and state. They've screwed up the schools. They've screwed, they can't keep law and order. There's no peace you know, for people uh, to even leave their house some days. It's terrible. Now, Obamacare, more government promises that failed. And it's, it's unbelievable. Scott, Florida. What's up, Scott? A lot of people headed down your way. I hear uh, real estate prices are skyrocketing. Yeah, they're going up, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you we for calling. We can still eat a steak. We can still eat a steak at a restaurant, though. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. You, by the way, in yeah, Florida, look at look at California versus Florida, DeSantis versus Newsom. It's so dramatically different. We're very lucky to have DeSantis. Um, my comment. One of my comments is okay. Biden's been talking about unifying the country. I think he's starting already. And I really do think he's starting. I mean, look at what he's done with Mitch McConnell already. I mean, Mitch McConnell jumped right on board with them. You know, listen, uh, I've talked to enough people. I've made enough calls. My take is on this. Look, it's not constitutional. I've gone through, you know, the arguments of guys like the great one, Mark Levin and, and Alan Dershowitz and so many others. Snap impeachments. Jonathan Turley's been so outspoken about this is not it's not going to result in a conviction. I can tell you that, you know, if you want to if, if you want to guess if some Republicans ultimately are going to be peeled away. Yeah, probably Rom. The top guesses would be Romney, Murkowski, Ben Sass. 
that, that start there. But they're not going to get 17. It's going to waste at least a week of this country's time. And once the Republicans put up their defense and the president puts up his defense, which would be, to me, Exhibit A would be all the the insightful rhetoric of the left, it should be a pretty cut-and-dry case and over quickly. Right. Yes. And, and another, top, another thing I want to say is you're going to be talking about Hunter Biden. I wonder how long it's going to take for him to be pardoned. You know, it's funny, right, because everyone was saying he doesn't have the right to pardon himself or his children. Well, he didn't pardon himself and his children. They didn't do anything wrong. No. You know, one thing I, I learned in that process is, you know, if you take the pardon and then, like, congressional committees call you up to testify, you know you lose your ability to plead the fifth? Yeah. Well, that's, all, that's a constitutional right separate and apart from the power of the pardon, which is absolute. Uh, it'll be interesting, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, speaking of crazy California, Marie is standing by. Hey, Marie, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi, Sean. Yeah, I'm living the nightmare you, you've been talking about in California, and I'm really disgusted right now with Republicans. McConnell and Cheney are turncoats, and what disgusts me is that Pelosi is a pit bull. When she goes after something, she doesn't let it go. The Republicans always want to take the high ground. This is why I like and voted for Trump and would only vote for Trump in 2024 or someone that he uh, says to vote for. I don't like the Republicans anymore. I'm no longer a Republican. I'm going to register as an independent. I think that the Republicans need to do what the Democrats have done, and that's to follow through. In other words, they're going to follow through on impeachment. We need to follow through on an audit of the votes. Why is everybody talking about four years from now? I live in California. The Democrats have owned this state for God knows how long. We're unsuccessfully trying to put through a Newsom recall. Newsom is Pelosi's nephew. Everybody knows what's going on. The state is ruined. Our schools are ruined. Our streets are ruined. Our communities, uh, the immigration, the, the sanctuary cities, all of this crap. And the Republicans don't do anything. As a matter of fact, uh, why would we even say word one about anything wrong that the Republicans do with all of the cheating that's gone on? Why are we not auditing these votes? Why is this stopping? Why are we not following through? Don't they owe that to everybody who voted in this election that's a Republican to follow through on the audit? Why are they just scooting that aside and they just want to make good and McConnell wants Listen, to... Listen, they, they try... Ted Cruz, and, and in fairness to Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and... They've been so demonized. By the way, finally, people are speaking out on their behalf. Even even Senator Feinstein did. It's ridiculous. They were asking for a 10-day audit, which, by the way, liberal Democrats had asked for in past elections. So putting all that aside, um, it's, again, another effort to silence anybody that they disagree with. Look, there's, there's no way that, look... I don't like Republican establishment types. Most of them, there's a few that are stupid, but most of them are not going to be stupid. And in other words, they're going to look at their own self-preservation and own self-interest in this, and that will cause them to follow the Constitution because it's unconstitutional to impeach a former president. He's not in office and we've laid out that case over and over again, and, and it's going to be a fairly quick trial, and there will be an acquittal at the end of it. And then uh, their attempt to permanently cancel Donald Trump and take away any hope he would have to run in the future, should he so desire, uh, that, that threat's going to be removed. It'll be done in a few weeks, is my prediction.
I'm beginning to see Democrats now getting more afraid of this as well. And they know, oh, I thought you were the unity party. Oh, I thought you were focused on solving problems. Oh, I, I, I mean, it just writes itself. And there are many Senate Republicans up in two years. They're not going to want a primary from somebody uh, that supports Donald Trump. So um, I think they understand some have overplayed their hand, even with their rhetoric. And I you watch, it's going to slow down. And I don't think there's going to be one Republican. They'll say things just to kind of thread the needle. It will be annoying as hell and, and just show that they're pathetically weak and not understanding of things. But um, it is what it is. And look, the, if uh, the one thing I would urge people right now more than anything, Marie, is to, to pressure your state legislators and and tell them they need to do their job. And that would be like Florida had election problems. OK, Florida fixed them. 2000, 2016. They Ron DeSantis solved the problem. And we we can have faith and confidence in the integrity of elections moving forward. But don't try to do it two years from now. You better start on this now because it takes time. And then there'll probably be legal challenges all along the way, just like had happened in Georgia. You got to anticipate, you know, that that's where their heads are at. All right. 800-941-SHAWN is on number. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern Fox News. The owner of that computer repair shop where Hunter Biden's uh, laptop was found will join us. This is going to get very interesting here. Uh, Newt Gingrich, Lindsey Graham, Dan Bongino, Dave Rubin. We'll have the latest out of Seattle and Portland, and as more chaos, violence erupts in those cities. News you won't hear from the mob. 9 Eastern, set your DVR, Hannity Fox. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you back here tomorrow after tonight.